Hello there, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, busy mom, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm a former bodybuilder, and I currently have found a love for endurance sports. But I'm not your typical athlete. I believe there are many more contributors to athletic performance and overall health, and that we as a population might be doing it wrong. You won't see me pounding goose or chicken and rice, but you will see me in the pursuit to fuel not only athletic performance, but also balance it with optimal health. This is not just a podcast for athletes. Many people that fall into the health scene get there for a reason. I found myself in suboptimal states at multiple times in my life, and it has really sparked my passion for metabolic and systemic health. I am constantly a student of what I love, and now I hope to help others by bringing quality guests to the show to share their opinions and resources to hopefully help you formulate strategies to help you crack your health code. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited that you decided to spend some time with me today. Today we have Danny Vega coming on the show. He is such an incredible human, you guys. And he actually has his Master's of Science in Human Performance from the University of Florida, where he has worked with national championship men's basketball teams, along with women's basketball, tennis, and golf programs. He's been out of collegiate strength and conditioning for almost a decade, but has continued to compete in sports such as CrossFit, powerlifting, running half marathons, and now he's into rowing. In 2016, he discovered a ketogenic lifestyle, and he's never looked back. He's found so many benefits within a week of switching that he knew it would be his new way of life. Inflammation and injuries from years of playing on turf and beating himself up with heavy lifting were gone, and he regained control over his hunger and found mental clarity and increased productivity. Today, Danny and I talk all things health, such as muscle building, eating healthy with family, mindset, and so much more. I'm so excited for you guys to hear all of that, so let's get to the show. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is quickly becoming my new obsession, and I guess I can't call it an unhealthy one because their makeup is free of over 1,800 chemicals and toxins that are commonly found in most makeup and skincare brands. Not only that, but I fully support their mission because they're not just selling makeup, guys. They're actually changing the laws revolving around makeup, which is really incredible considering the U.S. hasn't passed any laws governing makeup since 1938, and that's a little scary, folks. Anyway, if you want to help support my cause and this podcast, head on over to beautycounter.com forward slash Connie Nightingale. And as a first-time customer, you can use the code CHANGEBEAUTY10 for 10% off at checkout. All right, Danny, I finally have you coming on the show, which is amazing. I don't know how it hasn't happened sooner, uh, but I'm really excited to have you here joining me today and welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I know we had a little bit of a 
of confusion with <laughs> with the last uh, booking, but we got it. We got it taken care of. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And it actually worked out pretty well because we had a big snowstorm going on and I had horrible internet connections. So see, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so before we get going too crazy here, cause I know we have a lot of subjects that we want to talk about today. Uh, how about you just tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and all of that fun stuff. Cause you are involved in a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Miami. Um, I've, I've always been into sports, athletics, nutrition, all that stuff. I've always been obsessed with it. You know, I played college football. I was so focused on that in high school. I didn't touch anything. I was just a little Spartan kid. Um, I remember my, my um, athletic director gave me his, his keys to the, to the gym because he wouldn't open the gym wasn't open before school so I would be able to it was just me and my training partner before school and so I was just always focused on that and um, then I got my master's at University of Florida and I worked with football for the first eight months and then the rest of those two years were spent in the basketball facility um, assisting with men's and women's basketball I was designing the training for men's and women's golf and men's and women's um, tennis um, and that was a lot of experience and just, I have nothing but good things to say about the University of Florida. Like they treated me so well. Um, they gave me an amazing education. They also gave me my first job because when we won the national championship in 2006, I was about to graduate and the assistant head coach got the job at VCU, coach Anthony Grant. And then he took me to VCU with him. So it was like perfect timing. Um, and then I was a strength and conditioning coach for VCU basketball. We did amazing things there. We beat Duke in the tournament. Um, so we, we, we changed their, their style of play. And I was a big part of that because we had to get these guys ready. We did up-tempo basketball on 90 feet both ways. And um, they wrote a, a, an article about me uh, in the Richmond Times-Dispatch about like, you know, what I was doing, all the new stuff that I brought in. And, you know, after a year and a half of that, I, um, I wasn't making that much money. And I was just like, I need to go home and I need to go chase money. And so I did that. And I did pharmaceutical sales for three years. And then I was just getting sick of that because I was like, I was talking about all this stuff that I thought was nonsense. And then I got into medical device sales. Um, and I did that for about 10 years and I did very, very well. But the last year, um, over a year, I was, I was already like trying to get out. And I it had no reason because my quality of life was great. You know, I, you get to go to work in scrubs every day. You know, you're in the hospital walking up and down. You're you're stimulated, you're in surgeries all day. Um, but there were just things in the culture that I didn't like. And um, in my company specifically, that I didn't like. And so thank God I have Maura, who's just a great supportive wife. And I told her in July of 2017, that, look, I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. You know, I want to go back to my passion. And we were both starting to grow a following. And um, you know, I was hosting the ketogenic athlete at the time. I started to do some public speaking and things like that. And, um, we took the plunge in August of 2018. We started fat fueled family LLC and we, we have the podcast, we have the website. Um, I've always, you know, coaching is, is one of my main things. I do coaching. I do courses. I do, um, programs. I do speaking. I do consulting with some small companies like startups. I've helped, Several companies break into the keto community and give them, you know, just advice on how to approach things, formulations, things like that. Um, and, you know, to this day, I mean, I just love what I do. I wake up every morning. I, I decide how I spend my day. It's very uh, nerve wracking sometimes because, you know, it's like it's on me. 
you know, you, we always think of this, um, one of my buddies, Jay Ferugia, he's a, he's a veteran. Yeah. And he's a, he's a mentor of mine too. And when, um, I went to go see him, I was about six months into doing this full time. And I thought I was just going to see him and visit him in Miami because he wanted me to go to one of his events that he was holding in Miami. And I didn't have the whole weekend. So I literally drove down for the day. I drove down three hours from Tampa, three and a half hours, went to spend time with him. And, um, and the minute I got to his hotel room, he, he sat me down and he's like, all right, let's go. Let's talk about business. And I was like, oh. so he like, he tore me apart. He's like, okay, do this, 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 and this. And this is funny because this is 2018. This is, he told me back then, you need to change your name, your Instagram name to your name. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And I didn't end up doing it in, until January of 2019 when Dr. Barry, I spent a weekend with Dr. Barry and, uh, and he told me to do it. And I was like, okay, it's time. Cause he wanted, he was like, you know, people need to know you by name, you know, your real name. Um, and he told me about this thing, like you need to figure out what your MIN is, your daily minimum income number. And so that's part of what, what, what I do is, is like every day I have that on my mind. And it's kind of like, it's, it's one of those things where when you have a business, you have to survive. That's the main thing, right? Survive. But then at the same time, when you're in survival mode, you can't be as creative. You aren't um, really, it's almost like you're more selfish. And so for anybody who's out there, who's trying to do entrepreneurship or, or break into this type of field specifically, I just have to say like, you have to operate with a lack of fear. And um, because with the minute you start trying to nickel and dime people and, and trying to make that buck, it, it doesn't work. And you're, you're going to hurt yourself versus give, 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 give as much as possible. Give of yourself, give of your time, give of your expertise. And it always comes back. And I know it's nerve wracking, but it takes time. And sometimes, you know, like you need to just make it work financially, find out a way to make it work. I, I never had credit. Uh, I, I, to this day, I, I have a credit card, but we still mostly operate on cash. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. I, I'm, I'm rambling on, but I just, you know, getting into the business side, it's just really, um, we're going to do a whole episode on this on the low carb hustle podcast, um, because it's, it's, it's important, you know, like you have to be authentic and you have to stand by your principles. You can't, you can't waver on that because your word and your reputation is all you have. You know, I love that you said so many things there. And I'm thinking of all this because, I mean, I know that you don't know me well. And we swim in the same circles, but we've not officially become good friends just yet. But yeah. uh, anyway, the, it, the crazy thing is, is that um, I, I was um, coaching people. I was working full time, coaching people, going to school, going crazy at my day job of 14 years that I hated. <laughs> okay the and then here i'm coaching to people i'm like you need to lower your stress level and oh my gosh i know that feeling oh my and god you need to do that and i was finally one day i'm at work and i just looked down and i was like what in the hell am i doing like seriously <laughs> what am i doing and i pulled the plug like the next yes. day i was like i'm out i'm out i'm gonna do what i'm passionate about i don't care if i go broke and everybody's like how much money are you actually making and i was like i don't know i'm probably making like six bucks an hour but i really like doing <laughs> it so i don't care right so That's in the it. end we pay for joy right we pay to go do things that we love to do oftentimes and so i'm doing something i love i love to help people 
I love to learn, like learning stuff is great. And I don't really care how much I'm getting paid or making because as long as I'm doing something I enjoy and I'm not in the daily grind doing what I hate where I'm like cussing my boss out while I'm in my head while I'm working, you know, like as long as I'm not doing that, I don't care what I make. And I just want to make an impact. And as long as I'm happy doing that, that's all I care about. Yeah, I mean, I was there. I, I, I felt that feeling and I felt like a, a complex set of feelings because my job, I got paid very, very well. And I'm like, you know, there's so many people. I'm, this is all in my head. I'm like, there's so many people who would die to be doing what you're doing right now. You know, like you're, you're doing fantastic and you're, you don't want it. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want it, <laughs> period. So it's like, it's my decision to make. And, you know, money's not everything. It really isn't. It, it, I can tell you that, Money helps you, money helps you uh, be able to get a little bit lazy and get a little bit um, just loose with stuff, like with your budgeting and stuff. When money's kind of like always an issue around the corner, it keeps you sharp. So I'm ultra sharp. (laughs) I love that. And then also I want to circle back to how you said that you have to stand by your principles and, and just do, you know, your best job that you can. I really loved that because, um, you know, when I first started getting into this, I was brand new at it. I got so much shit, but I knew that I knew what I needed to know. I also am open to learning new things from every aspect. And I got so much crap from people that didn't really know anything, like, but they had a reputation. And, and I, because of that, I just kept telling myself, I mean, I got hammered on pretty hard in the local crowd because I do coach bodybuilding athletes. Um, I do have an interest in keeping them healthy and not just doing the typical standard bro diet and all of the other things that come along with it. And I caught some serious shit to the point of where some local coaches were literally tagging me in things on social media going, where's the scientific research for this? And like saying, you can, you can eat all the junk food you want, as long as it's a, you're counting your calories and like tagging me in it. And, and it was like, wow, you know, I just recently started coaching and it made me really kind of take an evaluation of why I was doing things. And I basically told myself at that point, I don't care what these people are doing to me. I'm going to continue to be a good human and help people. I'm not there to put the best physique on stage. If I can do that, that's great. But if I can do that and keep people as healthy as possible, then I don't care what these other people are saying. And so at that point, I decided to just be genuine to myself and my beliefs and not care what these other people are saying, because it's really important to stand by your standards, like you said. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and it's kind of funny because I actually did an Instagram live on this yesterday because I was just so frustrated. You scroll down social media and you see so many other coaches bashing on other people's way of doing things. And it's gotten aggressive. Like it's gotten to where people are grabbing the phones and they're like, they're like going and banging things and going, you don't, you can't be on keto or you can't fast or who says this or who says that. And I'm like, man, where did all this aggression come from? I think that being closed-minded closes doors. Yeah, I, I yesterday, was it yesterday? It might've been yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Same thing with me. I had, um, you know, I've been making a lot of memes lately for my, just promoting the carnivore keto cut and having a lot of fun. And um, one of my followers was like, you know, why do you have to demonize carbs? And I was just like, I was kind of taken aback by it because I'm, I'm never making blanket statements like that, you know? And um, I said, look, um, you know, because he said, you know, I eat 350 carbs a day and I'm the leanest I've ever been. 
I'm like, you know what? That's great for you. But I can tell you that my demographic, a lot of the people I work with, 35 to 55, have tried that way and it hasn't worked for them. And they come to me and it works. So, you know, great for you. And I go, and don't take a social media post. Don't take a meme so seriously, you know? And then, you know, of course, then a bunch of my followers got, you know, started going at this guy. And, and the last thing I saw, because I don't, I don't get involved. At that point, when it starts going like that, I just let it go. But then he said something like, uh, you know, oh, so eating all meat, that's healthy, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, you're fired. So I was like, you know what, you're fired. And he's like, oh, I, I unfollowed you already. I was like, perfect. I actually, I, I make probably one post a week that weeds out people that are not in my tribe. I, I, I literally do. Like I, last week, it was the Johan Blake uh, refusing to take the vaccine for the Olympics. Um, and, and I was waiting for that person to come up and say, well, you're just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, perfect. You're the one I was looking for, block. Because I don't care about my following. I want as close as possible in a virtual world, uh, an authentic audience of people that are in my tribe. I don't want faceless multitudes of people who I don't agree with on anything. And, you know, an echo chamber, the whole thing about the echo chamber thing, you know, an echo chamber is what you have in a symphony. And uh, that's beautiful to me. It's a beautiful thing. Like, it's important to seek out other opinions and evaluate them against your own. Um, but it's not my job to do that every single day and be on the battlefield of ideas every day. I also know what works. And I'd rather also versus, you know, spending my, my days, you know, questioning what's going on. And, and, you know, this is not that complicated. You know, I'd rather hone my skills and get better and learn in the field that I'm good at. Because I told this guy the same thing, you know, you, you can go anywhere and get a balanced diet. You can go to your registered dietitian, you can go to your doctor, you can go to any of these coaches that give you the bro diet or if it fits your macros and you'll get all the bagels and all the donuts you want and your cheat days and all that stuff. And I have a different set of standards and that's what my audience is looking for. If that's not what they're looking for, I'm not their guy, you know, and that's that. Absolutely. And I love that. And, you know, it seems like lately from that end of the community, they're like, oh, not to be afraid of carbs. Don't be afraid of carbs. Don't do this. But the thing is, is they're teaching people to be afraid of calories. What's mm -hmm. the difference? There is no difference. I mean, I think I would argue that it's worse to be afraid of calories because a lot of the time when people under eat, it's mostly fat. And fat is so important for everything. It's for important for the absorption of vitamins. And this happens to women a lot. Women under eat a lot. And so they're underfed and they don't have everything that they need for their hormones. They don't need to have everything they need for their thyroid. They don't have everything. they, And they're wrecking their metabolism. And so now someone comes to me and I'm like, are you tracking? Yeah. How many calories are you eating? 1,300. Where do I start? I'm going to have to add. I literally have one person who... I added right off the bat 300 calories and I've done more than that. I've done more than that. Sometimes I've had to ramp up, you know, and I find that some of them may gain a little bit of weight at first, but then they lose it. But some of them lose weight, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and I'm not saying that, that they weren't eating that before, but maybe it could be, because I think this is a, a, a big issue is that you set these unrealistic expectations for yourself and you're going over every day and you're going over with junk because you're so starved that your body is asking you just for sugar. And so you, you, yeah, 1300 is your calories, but you're not anywhere near what you should be eating with protein. So you're not satisfied. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, when, when your willpower is the weakest is when you're adding that extra two, three, 400 calories of junk. So, you know, I'd rather have a realistic meal plan, you know, in a perfect world, no need to track, you know, if you're at baseline and you're just, you know, uh, maintaining, but, um, where you, you, you eat adequate food. And at the end of the day, you don't feel starved. Like my meals right now, I'm on a cut. I was eating 4,500 to 5,500 calories in January. And I had to prep myself for this cut because I'm down to 26 and change. I'm down right at right 2670, which is super low for me. Um, but I had to take the month of February by February. I was already like getting into like 3,500 to 3000. And then the end of February, I was at 3000 so that I can get myself ready for this cut. And this is not forever. Um, it's only for a month. And then I always, we reverse diet. So my, this cut is four weeks. And then there's two weeks after the four weeks where we keep the lowest macros. And then we have a six week reverse diet where we end up higher in calories than we were on week one. And that is your ramp back up to normal life because you can't live life on a diet treadmill. Like you can't, you can't do that. And most people are doing that. And it's this rapidly swinging pendulum one side to the other. And I see it a lot with the bodybuilding community, right? Because they, they do a show and they experience what it feels like to get to peak condition. And they're on top of it. They're probably miserable, um, especially if they're doing it from a high carb approach. Um, but they are, you know, then they, they rebound really bad. They gain more weight than they lost, you know, before they even started competing. And then they're like, time to do another show. Mm-hmm. And that that's, you know, I see, how often do you see that? And I haven't talked about this in quite a while with people, but you hit it right on the head there. And like, uh, it's a constant thing. I watch the people around me, especially locally, that are just in this constant state of using a show as an excuse to lose weight in the most aggressive manner possible. And that is not good for your body. I can't think of one contest prep where I felt like a million bucks when I stepped on the stage. Aside from the way that I looked, I was like, yeah, I look bomb ass, but I feel like a freaking zombie, which- And you haven't slept. (laughs) Yeah. You can't sleep. Your legs cramp. You feel completely like garbage. And it's like, you know, like not totally not worth it. Plus that huge, like you said, and you use the exact words that I use constantly, which is that pendulum swing. If you swing it hard one way, it's going to come back hard the other. And I tell clients this all the time. I'm like, listen, if you want a coach that's going to lose you 30 pounds in eight weeks and make this amazing transformation photo, it's not me because I'm that person that's going to take it down slowly, find your health. Then the weight loss comes, then everything is great, but we're not going to do these giant swings back and forth so that you can gain a ton of weight afterwards. Just not the way I function. Yep. Takes longer. It's not a hack. And most people don't like to hear that. And, well, I'm thankful that there's people like you out there that are speaking the truth on that because um, I love everything that you just said there. So what's kind of touch on that now? You have the Fat Fueled family and you have several podcasts out there actually. And, uh, you know, it's if anybody knows who you are, they know that you're a huge fan of the ketogenic lifestyle. So when did that become a thing for you? Where did oh you start? Gosh. And then when did you discover that that was something that you wanted to use for the rest of your life? Well, I can tell you that I was kind of eating low carb since 2004. Um, I was a huge fan of Dr. John Berardi back then, uh, Precision Nutrition. I would read his articles. I thought he was very sharp. 
And then um, in 2011 was when we started the paleo diet and that was just life-changing. You know, we, we, we did whole 30, you know, we did paleo and we, after like a year of paleo, we, we switched over to a more primal slash Western a price because we started to add more fermented foods. We did raw dairy. Um, and I just felt so amazing. And then when I quit CrossFit, because I had done CrossFit for like two years, um, I was really getting into powerlifting and I, I started powerlifting in 2013 was my first meet. And, um, I just kind of lost my way for a little bit there. Cause I was just running in circles of people who didn't really care much about nutrition. And so I was doing, if it fits your macros and I was, and I was eating pretty much everything at first. I, I, I kind of let the wheels fall off completely. I was just eating everything. And, um, and you know, a lot of the aches and pains, I would just try to fix them with, more ART, more massage therapy, more supportive gear. You know, you just got to keep going. You can't stop. You just got to keep going and add something, put a bandaid on it and keep going. And then um, in 2016, um, I had had several meets under my belt. I had hit the top 25 in the country in, in the 220 weight class, done great. And, um, and I had to pull out of a meet because my left knee was just killing me. And I remember that it happened in 2015. And so I was like, this was, this was a year in the making. Um, and I, I pulled out of the meat, you know, I got my diagnosis. I had a torn meniscus. I had uh, chondromalacia. I had, um, you know, some cartilage damage and some other stuff. And um, so I said, you know what, now I'm going to just, I'm going to take a step back and try to lose some weight. Cause I was 240 at the time. I was right around 240 and, um, and I just needed to lose weight. And, and I had a buddy on my powerlifting team who was also a bodybuilder. So I had him put me on a bodybuilding diet. And of course, Mauda joined me because we pretty much do everything together. And um, after about six or seven weeks, um, we were both extremely shredded and we were both extremely miserable. <laughs> and <clears throat> in um, Memorial Weekend of 2016, you know, it's a long weekend and we had just a, just a blowout, complete blowout of cheating. And it was like it was it was getting to that point because we would have like a cheat day and then it would turn into a cheat weekend. And Memorial Day weekend, we were both just feeling so terrible, physically terrible, not like feeling bad about us, probably a little bit of that too. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. I mean, I'm so lean, it didn't matter, right? Um, and, and my buddy Trevor had been in my ear for months about this keto diet thing. And he would show me pictures of keto pancakes and all this stuff. He's like, dude, this is awesome. It's low carb, it's high fat. I'm just like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And, um, and so I decided at that point, you know, what do I have to lose? It's a, a quality of life thing. And I started on June 12th, 2016. And remember my carbs were already low because I was at the end of a cut. So all I did was add fat and it was unbelievable. Like in, within two days, I felt like a new man. I, I just like, I would, at the time when we moved to Tampa, um, we had to rent a house cause it was a quick move. Um, and I was upstairs and we had to come downstairs every morning and I felt like an old man you know because I was what whatever 35 years old and I was uh I felt like a 50 year old it would take me an hour to just get my body moving you know just kind of lube things up to, to feel good and I started to feel like going down the stairs like oh my gosh I don't have this anymore and I would feel like you know in the parking lot I had to park the furthest away I had so much energy I had to get it out and, you know, it, you know, I remember specifically one day in 2016, like 
maybe July, August, I was, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I was still a medical device rep and I was two hours away at a hospital. And I was just like, I realized how much energy I had at that point in the day, which i never had, you know, I was always at that point of the day, like maybe get a coffee, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, this is what people don't understand about the ketogenic diet is like, it's so much more than like weight loss and fat loss because my productivity that year increased by like 10 or 15%. And when you're already a high producing person, that makes the, the big difference. Like I won the pinnacle award at my company. My, I won a trip to Turks and Caicos with Mauda. And it was because of that, because at the end of the day, you know, when you're tired and when you're kind of beat down and you're only on your own schedule, you know, it's on you. And you say, should I make that last call? Should I see that last person? And it's going to be no, almost every time if you're tired. And I was saying yes, every time, you know, so that's what the ketogenic diet. And I remember my first time I got on stage was KetoCon 2017. And that's all I spoke about was that keto made me a superhuman, you know, it, it really just made me so much better. And, and being back in this sphere now, like this space of keto has helped me pursue what I love the most. Like you, I love to learn, you know, I'm looking at my my bookcase right now, if, if you were to see the amount of books that are there, it's crazy. You know, I read all the time. I'm always getting to learn. I get to podcasts. I get to learn from the smartest people, you know, and I've made some great friendships. And I mean, I can't think of a better existence. So I, I, I'm so grateful for this way of eating. And I'm, I'm grateful for what I know is going to happen beyond my, my personal, like my, my physique and everything. I'm going to age better my kids have a strong foundation. I mean, my kids are just heads and tails above anyone else. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I hate to brag, but you know, my, my boys, Desmond, my oldest can have a high level nutritional conversation with anybody like he, cause we have so many conversations. So, you know, these are the things that, that make this diet. Maura says, come for the fat loss, but stay for everything else because you're going to, you know, once those ketones start generating in your system, you're going to see like you're going to see what it's like to feel good because most people are like, I'm fine just where I am. Well, you don't know what it's like to feel good yet. And you will protect that with your life. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the kids because that's the other thing, right? It's so crazy. And I get this. I cannot tell you how many parents like they have that like, oh, well, it comes from two sides, right? I'll start with here. I'll have a client come to me and they'll be like, well, I didn't have a very good weekend. I ate all of the Doritos at my house this weekend. And I'm like, well, why do you have Doritos at your house? Well, my kids need them for their lunches. And, and, is, uh... and you'll see, they'll be like, they're like, we're going, we're getting stuff for the kids sleepovers and they post it on Instagram. And all it is is Mountain Dew and like cookies and Doritos and all of this shit. And I'm like, you're setting your kids up for the same problems you're having as an adult. Why are you doing this? So I'm sure you've heard this a million times. How do I do this and have my family be on board? I never get sick of this. And first, let me say that, you know, I've had a lot of success with a lot of programs, right? Like I, Carnivore Keto Cut alone, I mean, 21 countries, people have done it. You know, it's crazy. The family, we made a family program in 20, end of 2018, it was a dud. And that was sad, not from the financial standpoint, but it, it really taught us, you know, because it was me and Mauda and we, we, pair, we paired up with our good friend, Rachel Gregory, 
And um, we did that. And, you know, we were so excited. We were like, this is, this is our mission. Like, this is exactly what we need to do. And now it's funny because now all the documents in the program, like we give them out, you know, like we, they're, they're just free documents, but you know, there's, there's this, there's nothing better than the personal incentive of getting abs, being beach ready. You know, it's just not sexy to be like, learn how to get your family healthy, unfortunately, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's more important than all of those things to me. And um, I will say that the first thing that people need to understand is at first it's probably scary, but then you realize how empowering it is, is that everything is your responsibility and you have way more power than you will ever know. And that goes for anyone trying to tell you to take a vaccine or anyone trying to tell you to take, to put something on your face or whatever you are, you have a lot more power and a lot more autonomy than you think. And people think that there's always this thing, like with anything, it's like, what was I supposed to do? You always have a choice, you know? And so with your kids, it's the same thing. Like with your kids, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a balancing act because with us, like we want to raise free humans. We don't want to raise, you know, slaves. We don't want to raise sheep that, that just follow orders without questioning. And sometimes it can be annoying because they will question us, but that's what, that's exactly what we're asking for. Right. So, um, so maintaining that, that autonomy and getting what you want is a little bit of a balancing act, but there are certain things that they don't know. And we do know, and we have to set those guardrails very early because the longer you wait, the bigger the problem is going to be to address. And I understand a lot of people are going to be hearing this and they're going to feel discouraged because they have a 13 year old that doesn't want to eat anything. And I get that, but it's better late than never. You know, the most important thing that you need to do is make sure that your personal house is in order. Like you, you better be above reproach. You better not be sneaking any of those peeps or brownies or any of those things because they see that. And, you know, it's like with anything else, like, Stop screaming at your brother. Well, you're screaming at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're there. And I've done it so many times. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I've, I've made that mistake. And it's like children, whether they realize it or not, subconsciously or consciously, they're going to be like, this guy's full of crap because he's telling me something and he's doing something else. And so the most important thing you need to make sure is that you are above reproach. When, when my kids offer me a cookie, like the other day, uh, we were at uh, a local supermarket and... Uh, <laughs> The guy that was at the register, just like that, that's good parenting. Because I get there, I'm with the boys, we're on our way to jujitsu. We went to pick up like, I forgot what it was, like protein or something. They wanted like, they want, you know what they wanted? Because um, I made the mistake of getting this for them once and they, they, they said, oh, I want that again. I was like, all right, fine. It's not, it's not real food, but whatever. They wanted this muscle milk. Um, so I got them a little muscle milk carton, which again, we, we always eat real food, but this was just one of those things. They, they were hungry and I was like, okay, we'll do muscle milk. And we get to the, the register and I, and I tell my little one, because he's always the one who asks like, and it's always no, but it's amazing. They're so, they are, they, they stick with it. <clears throat> I, th- I guess they think they're going to break me down one day. So I said, well, before we get here, the answer is no. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, the answer is no, buddy. I love you, but the answer is no. And the guy's hearing it. And, and, and it's because he's like, he's like, can I have this Reese's cup? He's like, I'll give you one. I was like, I don't want your Reese's cup. I don't eat that. You yeah. know, even though that was my favorite candy when I ate candy. Uh, 
And, and that's the thing. So you got to be above reproach. So that's the first thing. The second thing is get all the crap out of the house. There's no excuse for any of this to be in the house. I have in-laws that come. I have people that come and they're like, what do you mean you don't have this or you don't have that? I'm like, listen, if you want it, go get it, pack it up when you leave and take it with you. You know, I'm not going to keep it in my house. It's just how it goes. There's that, that we don't eat that here. And, um, and so that's important. And then, you know, depending on the age, you know, you want to have conversations with them. You know, you definitely want to have education. There's a lot of education that goes on. And, you know, one of the things that we are adamant about, there's two, two important things. Number one is I'm not buying it with my money. If you want junk, you're going to have to buy it with your money. And they do sometimes, you know, sometimes they got a little extra money, they'll buy junk. The, all of this junk is a novelty for them because they've never had it. And so they've had um, Twinkies twice in their life. The second time was honestly like a week ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Desmond, my, my oldest, he's, he's doing this thing now where he, he gets to ride his skateboard to Walmart because he wants to be independent. And I'm all about it. You know, it's not that far from us. And I love giving him his independence. And now he's like, do you guys need bacon? Do you guys need anything? I'll go to Walmart. Um, so he went to Walmart the other day and he got a box of Twinkies, which is literally 10 Twinkies. And they ate it. Like my youngest ate five, he ate three and the neighbor ate two and they felt like crap. <laughs> and, and so like you take advantage of those times. I'm like, okay, what, what did you learn here? Because we always have this saying, you know, winners don't lose, they learn. And, and like, you know, when you're presented with the same decision to make again, you know, just remember what you did because, you know, adults, we have a bedtime, but we sleep late sometimes, right? We go to, we go to bed, we misbehave. We, we eat a certain way, but sometimes we misbehave. And we should give our kids the same type of grace because they haven't learned those lessons yet. And if they don't learn those lessons and you do, you know, just say that, you know, do this because I said so, it's going to be shallow and it's only going to last while they're under your roof. And then you could be creating like a, you know, a, some bad relationship with food. Um, so Halloween get all the candy you want. I'm going to offer you money for it. Cause a lot of the time I can make, I could give them some good money. Like they'll make 20, 25 bucks for their candy. Um, out of the last five years, most years I get all of their candy. And like this year, Desmond picked three candies that he wanted and he, the, for the rest of it, I gave him 25 bucks. And then I, I literally threw the rest away. I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I'm not going to donate candy. I don't want to donate candy. Um, the young, my youngest Dean, he, he had a whole bunch of candy, you know? So, uh, but that's the thing. Like you want to, like everybody says, let them live. And I'm like, I see some of these kids who can't do like an obstacle course, who are so obese, who are probably being made fun of. And to me, that's not living, you know, let them live is like, let them eat birthday cake at a birthday party. Sure. It doesn't mean give them dessert every night, give them snacks every day that are crap, you know, uh, basically grains and, and sugar. And what a lot of parents don't realize is that if they keep the crap in the house, Maura made this observation. I was like, man, this is brilliant. You're turning your child into an, an unintentional vegan because you're going to serve them the meat and you're going to think you check that box, right? I gave them their protein. They got their protein but they're not going to eat the meat because they're going to eat all the rest of the crap. And so all they're filling their body with is nutritionally devoid crap. That's just really, really bang, boom in your face flavors. And I'm sorry, but like, you know, a healthy meal is not going to be able to compete with that. 
So, you know, you have to, you have to take that stuff out of the house and you have to make it the exception to the rule. Do we give them like gluten-free pancakes sometimes? Sure. Do we give them, you know, gluten-free stuff sometimes because they want it? Yeah. Um, but most of the time, like they're going to have, you know, chicken, steak, ground beef, maybe some sweet potatoes sometimes, you know, when they don't, they barely eat vegetables. So when they, they're in the mood, they tell us what they want. Like Desmond's like, I'm in the mood for peppers. Can you get some peppers? Sure. I'll get some peppers, you know? So that's, that's basically it. I mean, it's, it's about being consistent and it's about, you know, having like a, like a, a level head about you so that, you know, you, you can realize like, is this a battle that I want to pick or is this a battle that I want to just say, you know what, uh, let them, let them have some fun because, you know, our kids as it is are so different. Like they're the, they're homeschooled. They eat a certain way, you know, and it's like, <laughs> they're used to defending their way of life. Like they've had to several times for several years. Um, and so when they're at a party, what we will do is we'll feed them before we get there. We always feed them before like a birthday party with some good food and then, you know, whatever they eat there, it's, it's going it's to be much less, you know, because they, they have really, really intact, you know, um, hunger signals and, and satiety signals. So, yeah, I think that I think I covered most of it. Yeah, no, I think you did a great job. And, you know, all these things that you're saying are they really resonate with me. I mean, it's really sad the way the the shape and demographic of kids has changed Um even since I was a kid, I remember when I was a kid, there was maybe one chunky kid in the whole class. And now you're, if you're the skinny kid, you're the one skinny kid in the class. And, and chunky was not like chunky what it is now. Like, no. have you seen, did you, have you seen um, the Goonies lately by any chance? Yeah, actually we didn't watch it very long. Yeah. That's a favorite yeah, like, in our house. Yeah. Like chunk is not, he's not that chunky. No. You know, like nowadays he's pretty normal. Yep. You know, and that was like demonized in the 80s. Like, you're right. It's a different level of obesity. Yeah. yeah. And we went on a vacation recently um, to a hot springs. And I would wager that 85% of the kids there were obese, um, yeah. over obese. And the, the hard part is, it's like everybody's so busy worrying about hurting their feelings or things like that that they're not paying attention to the the problem in front of them which is the health concerns that comes along with looking that way um and so i think that you know it's really unfortunate that that that's not being changed in some way or another and even one of the parents when we were there vacationing she was like, I don't know what to do because my, my kids eat healthy. We do granola bars and like most people don't even know, right? Know, and I yeah. said, well, how about this? And, and they're like, oh, well, my son will get a package of this and he'll eat the whole thing. And I was like, well, listen, how about this? You know, since you're not home when they get off the school bus, I said, start doing their snack prep. Make a bin of things that has things in it. And that's their bin for the day. And they don't go over that bin, you know, right. like that's, you, you can pick what snacks you want out of this bin, but it's, it, this is what it is. And, and start 
you know, also teaching them about things and yourself. I can't tell you how many people like that's one of the, the services that I offer in my business is take people shopping and teach them how to read ingredient labels. Uh, yeah. You know, Great. and nobody does that. So I was like, well, I'm going to do that. I, I love to teach people that because you, the front of the label doesn't mean anything. And people t- place so much on that. And then you look, go to the back and you're like, holy shit, this is messed <laughs> up. Uh, but, you know, anyway, going back to that, I just think that your kids knowing what they're eating is super important. And like you said, it's not always perfect. My kids aren't perfect. Your kids aren't perfect, but we're giving them the tools to put in their toolbox to use, whether they choose to use them in their adult life. That's one thing, but you're giving them the proper tools and understanding. And I think that's a really big thing. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I, you just jogged my memory for a few other important points because you, it all, again, personal responsibility. It's just a culture. Everything in the culture is completely against that now. And let's be honest, you're going to do a lot of cooking. You just are, you know, like there, there's not, there's great keto options now, but for the most part, you know, you got to be eating real food. And if you're going to be doing a lot of cooking, you need to involve your child. And back in our paleo days, back before Desmond was even born, um, maybe, maybe Desmond had been born already. We had bought, um, Eat Like a Dinosaur, which is a little kid's book about paleo. Is it by Mark Sisson? No, no. This one was like by the paleo family or something. I didn't know Mark wrote like a kid's book. I need. Yeah, there's a kid book out there. And maybe it's something the caveman. I don't know. But yeah, there's a kid's book out there by Mark Sisson too. We we have a few. I just got Mark's new book. They just, him and Brad wrote another book. I uh, love Brad. Two meals a day. Yeah, we have, I think we have Brad on next week or something because he's got his new book so i love brad brad's the man yeah oh, awesome this will be his second time on this podcast we had him a few times on the ketogenic athlete um but there's there's eat like a dinosaur there's um fathead kids by the guy who did fathead i forget his name um there are so many oh um buddies in my belly which is another great one it teaches them about about um uh, probiotics and, and all the different probiotics. And they even sell like plush toys that you can get. And so you have like Bacilli and you have um, Lacti and you have like, you know, Lactobacillus and you have all these different. Um, and so there was that. And there was one more that I, maybe I'll remember, but yeah, like involving them in the process is so important and understanding that our children do never really experience hunger. We don't even give them a chance to, they're always overfed. And so if your child is telling you, I'm not going to eat that, then you don't have to, the the important thing is to be calm because they lose the message when you lose your mind because they're defensive. And so you simply tell them that's okay. You don't have to eat it. When you're ready for food, you can eat it. And just, there might be a few days of struggle, And depending on how um, (laughs) uh, defiant your child is, it might last a little bit longer. They might go on a hunger strike or something like that. But I guarantee you they will eventually eat. Like we kind of did it because, you know, I told you that our boys had a great foundation. And then like when we lost our way a little bit, they kind of we got loose with them. And then we kind of reeled it back in in 2017 with them. And we had like a little short two or three day period where they were just kind of like, hmm, hey, hmm. And uh, I remember Mauda came home one day with sprouts and it was like the third day and they were just crushing the turkey and the cheese just straight out, you know, from the deli. And they were just like eating all the real food and it was there, problem solved. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how quickly they adapt to things. They're very, very neuroplastic at their age. 
And so it's not as hard as like teaching an old dog new tricks where you're just like, your husband's going to continue to just be like, no, I, I need this or I need that. You know, family members sabotage things. That's for sure. It's, it's always good to have both partners on board. That's, that's huge. So if you can do that, do that. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to say this as a man, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I can tell you that my wife occupies a lot of authority in my mind. And if my wife is telling me that she's going to do something and, and I'm going to be sabotaging her if I start eating something in front of the kids and things like that, then I'm going to listen to her because she has power. You know, my, your, 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 your partner is your partner. And so for me, not just because it's the right thing, it is the right thing. It really is. But it's also you're, you're not going to get what you need from your partner. Like they're not going to be there for you in all the different ways that you expect them to be there for you if you're not giving them the respect and the, and I guess the love to, 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 to follow what they're doing, you know? Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, yeah, there's so many things you said that I love there. And, you know, like we talked about, it's not always perfect. And sometimes you have cheats and like, you know, a while back I was doing some experimentation on myself. So I had a loaf of gluten-free blueberry bread in the refrigerator. Well, I never finished it. It was just sitting there. So yesterday we're in a hurry. My son's got to get to his karate class and he walks in, he's 14, grabs that loaf out. He's like, can I eat this? I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not eating it. And he, you know, he walks in and he makes himself a big old peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was like, I said, dude, where's the protein? And he looks around and there's a grass-fed beef stick and he, he grabs that too. And I said, well, do you think that's enough to actually help you? And he goes, yeah, there's protein in this. And I was like, yeah, how much? And he looks and he's like, oh, there's only four grams. And so, <laughs> so he cut the sandwich in half and he grabbed a yogurt and a beef stick. And he's like, okay, now I'm up to 25 grams. So it's like, good job. That's <laughs> you know? awesome. I mean, at least getting, you know, so it's not just a straight sugar bomb. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it wasn't perfect ideal situation, but it was like, Hey, think about what you're doing right now and how you're pairing this. Because I said, you're going to go put a big workout on at karate and you're all only thing you're eating right now is sugar. And he was like, yep, you're right. I mean, he, he knew, and my kids know how to read labels. And I love that because they know they may not always utilize it, but if you're like, Hey, what do you got going on right there? Then they're like, Oh, yeah. Whoops. Whoops. About, you know, so yep. you know, that's really a great thing. So mm. let's talk about building muscle because I I'm sure that. this is going to be your favorite subject. Everybody yep. says you cannot build muscle if you don't eat carbs. Yeah. That is one of those things that I just wish would die. I, I'm going to say this because Maura um, yesterday was asking me about someone was um, a friend of hers, a female who does bodybuilding. And I'm like, look, you know, with carbs, you're going to get a much stronger insulin signal. There's no question. You know, the mTOR signal is going to be stronger because of the insulin, insulin signal. And so if you're talking about maximum hypertrophy, even with a little extra fat too, because that's, that's a thing, you know, insulin is not selectively anabolic. It's anabolic in muscle cells, fat cells everywhere, you know? And so for a dude who's like been doing this for a while too, who's been, um, you know, used to like going on a four month bulk and gaining like 30 pounds or 20 pounds or something. And they only put on 10 pounds. I would argue because the studies bear this out 
that the quality of muscle that you put on with keto is going to be so much better. You know, ketones are very much, they're very anabolic. And this is a conversation. I had this conversation with uh, Jacob Wilson at the gym, like in 2017, we were just saw each other. I was like, what's up, man? How you doing? He's like, yeah, how's keto going? Cause I had just started not that long ago and I had made friends with him. I just, you know how these things go. You just kind of meet these people. They're locally in your area. And um, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. You know, like I'm, I'm doing this intermittent fasting every day. Um, I'm doing some cardio stuff and I just can't seem to lose muscle. It's really weird. And he said that that's, that's what gave him the idea to do one of these other studies. It was like, uh, I forget what study. Well, he did one study where they, they put bodybuilders on a, a caloric deficit and one group, and these were trained athletes, not like newbies. And uh, one group was strict keto and one group was um, CKD, you know, um, what is that? Cyclic ketogenic. But they did, they did the whole weekend. And what they found was that both groups lost the same amount of weight, but the cyclical group lost a lot more lean mass and the keto group lost mostly fat. And so that's when he started to develop this idea that ketones are, can be anabolic. They're definitely muscle sparing. We know that, you know? And so, um, for your typical everyday person and for, even for trained people, like for me, I have very rarely in the last five years, have I been on a muscle gaining phase just because I'm not, you know, I train kind of, I guess all the time to build muscle, but I'm not really like going at it hard. And when I have focused on it, I have added muscle. There's no question about it. Um, now if you want to get freaky bodybuilder big, it's not going to work. You'll never see a keto person because it's just, you know, these guys are on insulin. <laughs> like they're literally taking insulin, you know? So, um, and, and they're taking, you know, all types of drugs and they're eating, you know, they're taking peptides to increase their appetite and they're taking all these things that are going to get them huge. But if you ask me, man, like I, three months is all it took for me when I first started a ketogenic diet to fill back out and to get vascular again, because I was always vascular. That's kind of always been my thing, uh, even when I was a kid. And, um, and so I have that now. And but now what I also have is I also have endurance for days, you know, and so like, if you're eating enough protein, because that's the most important thing is you got to eat enough protein. Um, and you're eating enough calories, of course. Uh, and you have a good training program. There's no question you're going to gain muscle on a ketogenic diet, and you're going to do great. Um, you know, you can start playing around with things like, you know, uh, targeted ketogenic diet, maybe add them around your, your workout if you want to. I've, I've kind of now at 40, I've done so much experimenting with that in the last two years that I'm just like, okay, I, I, I get it, you know, like, because I, <laughs> I did it for like a whole summer, two summers ago. And then last summer, last year in general, I did a lot of carby stuff. Part of it was just also like, I was eating crappy just because I was, even though it was like, for me, it was like, you know, consistently being at 75 to hundred grams of carbs. So just being a little bit looser than I'm usually. Um, and I just didn't feel as good. And I can tell you that when your inflammation gets to a certain point, cause you do feel like when you add some carbs, I, I do feel like a little zippier, you know, I do feel certain things where I, I feel better, but I can tell you that what outweighs that is that over time, that inflammation just starts creeping up and creeping up. And when it gets to the point where it's affecting your training, then what does it matter if you can train harder, if you can't train? So, you know, a ketogenic diet, you can absolutely put on a ton of muscle. I'm happy to talk about how to do it. Like when we did ketogenic muscle intelligence, me and Ben Pekoski, 
We talk a lot about rest periods are important, you know, resting an adequate amount. Now you, you could be like Robert and Robert is his, his genetics. Like he is built for like, he can do, he was 190 pounds and he ran a marathon without training. Like he was in the middle of a bulk. I can't do that. You know, like I have to train for that, you know? Um, also he's got a, you know, mind, great mindset, but it's just like, you got to know your genetics you got to know, you know? And so, um, because of that, I can't really train like a carb athlete. And I would argue that probably a lot of people can't train like, so you're not going to be doing your favorite, you know, quad set and drop sets and very little rest, you know, because you could be, because you're not bringing any carbs and we know that insulin, what insulin, an insulin bump brings cortisol down just like that. And so if you are burning the candle at both ends, you know, you're doing all these things, you're doing intermittent fasting, you're doing, you know, uh, training a certain way and you're, maybe you're trying to burn fat and you're noticing that you're not burning fat or you're not adding muscle. It's because your body's just so stressed. You're doing glycolytic work and you know, there's no, there's no sugar there. So your body's having to create a bunch of sugar and you know, what ends up happening is you you don't get the results you want. So you want to match your training to your diet. And if you're eating a ketogenic diet, it actually, for me is so much better to train the way I train now. So for example, today I did 20 sets total. But when I'm in a set, I am all the way in the set, you know, like, and, and I remember last January, 2020, Ben had gone out of town. He usually does like seminars and stuff in January and he goes to Australia and all these places. He comes back. He's like, man, you got, you got bigger, you know, like I put on a little bit of weight, a little bit of muscle. And he's like, he's like, what have you been doing? I was like, honestly, like my volume is lower, but I'm executing perfectly. If you know how to contract your muscles correctly and you know how to challenge yourself in a workout and you're not just going in there and going through the motions and you will, you will grow, you know? So that's just another component that you got to always work on learning your anatomy, learning how to acquire that skill so that every single rep looks the same. Because if every rep doesn't look the same, did you really do eight reps? Maybe you got six reps. Why are you going to add weight if you didn't really do eight reps, you know? So um, these are things that you have to take the time to do because a lot of people, they want to add weight or they want to, they want to feel like they're progressing, but understand that muscles don't really know. They don't know weight. They know tension and they know length. And so, you know, like levers and things like that. And so if you're giving the muscle the proper tension, you can make anything incredibly hard, but you gotta, you gotta know to go there. Like when, when, when I'm training with Ben and he says, this is the set, I'm like, oh, this is the set. Okay. That means I'm going to die, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and there you, sometimes you go there and then you come back out, you see Jesus, you're like, oh, hi, Jesus. You know, <laughs> then you come back to the earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and I love hearing a lot of that. And I mean, I used to be a bodybuilder. Now I don't even know what I identify as. <laughs> like if, you, if I had to identify as something, I have I don't no idea. But um, I've been endurance cycling. And that's actually where the bread came in. Uh, I was running some experiments because I was doing some super, super glycolytically demanding stuff. And it was like, okay, cortisol is getting too high. I can see my HRV dropping. This is going on. Let's see where we can pull this in and fix this, you know? And the funny thing is, is I did feel better and things were like, quote unquote, fixed. But the problem was, is the inflammation started getting out of control. So it was surprising that you just said that because I was like, 
I'm I actually right now I'm doing straight carnivore to get it back because I'm Same. like, I'm like, you know what? I, okay. So I perfected this. So you say, right. Perfected. Yeah. Uh, I got this all figured out, but <coughs> I've noticed my inflammation creeping up. And then once you start doing carbs, what do they start doing? I feel like they start creeping up because then your hunger oh, yeah. starts cre- creeping up and then you're just kind of in this little vicious circle. And yeah. so I came home from vacation not long ago and I was like, Hey honey, you know what? I I'm off. I'm waking up with like little bags under my eyes. That means I got some inflammation going on. Uh, my gut's a little bit bloated. I'm like, nah, it, it's time. It's time. We're do- like at least once a year, 30 days yeah. of straight carnivore. I think it's a, a great thing. So I love that you said all of that there. Yeah, I mean, like when you there's the hedonic effect of carbs too. like they'll if you eat them, you're going to be you're going to be kind of craving them for up to 72 hours later. And that's something that I would caution also people who've had issues in the past, because you might think, look, you're ready. You're at your goal weight. You're great. You want to experiment with some carbs, but be honest with yourself, because, you know, even when you go back, you might even because what happens is when you switch to carbs, you necessarily have to bring your fat down. And if you're used to eating high fat all the time, it's going to be weird. And then you might find that you're eating perfectly on plan. And then at the end, at the end of the day, you throw in a bunch of extra fat and now you got high fat and high carbs, which is just a disaster for, you know, um, inflammation and for, um, what's that? Um, it's the inflammatory type of fat. It's, um, uh, polyunsaturated fat. Omega. No, not, not that that's definitely inflammatory, but I'm thinking of, um, of endotoxin, which is another word for uh, VBS or what is it? Um, oh, LPS, LPS, lipopolysaccharide, which is just super inflammatory. And it's, it's, it, it happens a lot when you have high fat and high carbs. Um, and so like, that's something that you got to understand is like, okay, if you're going to do the, the carb thing, you got to keep the, the, the calories neutral and you're going to have to bring down the fat. And so, coming back to whatever you're doing, keto, whatever, it might be hard. And so just keep that in mind. Like for me, I know everything I need to know. You know, honestly, for me to have done, I ran, ran slash walked because I've been doing math training, which is just incredibly boring because, you know, you got to keep yourself, like my miles are now down to 12 and a half minute miles when I can run like a five something mile, you know? Um, So it's like, (laughs) but I was at 14 minutes like a month ago. You know, so for yeah. me to have covered two, I did 276 miles in January, I trained 20 times and I feel great. And I did not a carb was eaten, you know? Yeah. So like, you, you know, once you, once you're fat adapted, you know, you're going to see you, you have so much energy and you may not be able to do repeated efforts of like max effort sprint type stuff. But if you're just lifting and you're doing like cardio type stuff, like a little bit of endurance stuff, it's just fantastic. It's the perfect fuel system. Absolutely. And, you know, I love that you said back there about your endurance being through the roof, because that's been my experience. And it's funny because I've got other study clubs and stuff that I go to where they're macro coaches and they they're like, no, no carbs. And I'm like, or they're saying, yes, you can't cut carbs. And I'm like, I feel really freaking amazing when I cut carbs, like from a bodybuilding standpoint, it's maybe a little bit different, but for cycling, 
I'm like on it when I don't have carbs, no major lactic acid buildups, nothing like that. And it's just like, I can cruise forever. I'm like the energizer bunny. I, I did a race last fall. It was 120 miles. I didn't eat at all for it. It was great. You know, wow. uh, awesome. 10 hours on the bike, no problem. Um, but yeah, so I love that you said all of that and, and it's just really great to hear that other people are experiencing this. Um, and yeah, it just, I love it. <laughs> my pleasure i mean you know i the other thing that i like to do and this is i guess personal preference you don't have to do it but i love full body workouts i i don't want to say full body but it, i don't i don't typically do like a body part split so like i like to do for example um i'll do like one leg exercise and i pretty much always start with the leg exercise whether it's a squat a deadlift or something like that and then i might do you know depending because i break easy easy way to just design a program real quick is just break it down into like you know vertical pressing vertical pulling you know horizontal pressing horizontal pulling knee dominant hip dominant one leg um for both of those um and then if you want to add in like a little bit of extra stuff like arm stuff and i just basically make sure that all those bases are hit and if i gotta travel last minute or i gotta do something on a friday where you know your typical guy's like oh i'm gonna do legs on friday are you are you really yeah. going to do legs on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not going to come in and come back in Monday and chess international chess day. You're doing it. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just make sure that I get all that in because, you know, from a hormonal standpoint, you know, those, those, those multi, um, multi-joint exercises are going to give you the best bang for your buck. And they're going to maintain structural integrity, which is the most important thing. Your core, your trunk has to stay strong because that's where everything is generated from. So um, never have had a back injury, never. And I've deadlifted 700 pounds in competition, you know, never had a back injury, had a few knee injuries. And my, my, my femurs are like, you know, this long because my torso is like this short, you know, I'm 5'11", but my, my arms are 6'3 and a half, you know. <laughs> I'm built so very I'll, similar. I'll I'm like short. I'm short, but I have really long femurs. So I understand how that goes. Yeah. It, it, Maura says she used to, like, it used to hurt her watching me squat. And I squatted 6'10 in sleeves and I squatted 640 in wraps. But it's like, it's it, when you see it, it's a distance to travel. There's a distance there. So yeah. my knees did get messed up. But the, the one knee, I had my, my right knee that was a full reconstruction. That was, I played college football and I didn't, I had one or two knee injuries, like a MCL and then on that same knee was when I tore my, my, ha my not my hamstring, my uh, ACL and meniscus and full knee reconstruction. But that's my good knee now. Like my, my knee was Dr. Indelicato from UF, the guy who operates on all the athletes was the guy who got me. And it's, it's great, you know, but for the most part, I'm healthy, you know, and I think that's something that people should understand is people get on these like, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to do this. And it's like a three month thing. And then they hit the, the finish line. And it's like, you know, they see me two years later and, you know, they've let it go. And it's like, oh, I got to get back into it. You know, it's more important to stay healthy and train consistently two days a week than train six days a week for two months and quit or train six days a week for a week and quit because it's like you went from zero to a hundred. So like sustainable, add a little bit like the key is to just add a little bit a little bit more add some some more weight add some more reps and make it a little bit harder once you're settled in there and every time i've gotten like out of shape whether i've you know gone away from rowing gone away from things like that i've always been very patient on the way back and it always works better because you get discouraged you're like man i feel like crap 
It's better if you just like challenge yourself to the point where you can do at that point and then just build from there. I love it. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation. I don't even know what I'm going to name this podcast because we talked about so many things. Uh, <laughs> it was it was great, and I word did, salad with Danny Vega. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I seriously, we touched on so many wonderful things. And um, if people want to find you, where do they do that? So the main place that I'm active is I'm barely ever on Facebook. I post to there, but I'm not really on there. Um, DannyVega.ms on Instagram. And our website, fatfueled.family, that's where the podcast is. We have programs, coaching. Um, The blog is weak. You know, we could do a lot more there, but there's some recipes on the blog and things like that. (laughs) I understand the do more on the blog thing. I need to work towards that myself. That and and an email, email, a weekly email. But my my buddy just challenged me to do a weekly email. So I think I'm going to start doing it. Because we have like all these people in our email. We have probably like 2,500 people on a list that I've never really done anything with. And it's like, you know, I've noticed that people, they love community, you know, like when I do this carnivore keto cut is when I feel like I'm the most useful because everybody's asking me questions and I'm in it with them and I'm answering their questions. And like the same thing is like, you know, these, these emails that I could be doing, I could be sharing things about our week because when you're opening up an email, you're not being challenged in person to to what you're doing is wrong. You're you're reading it in the comfort of wherever you are, and it's not. And it's like you can quietly say, "Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should start doing that." You know, like, and it's like it's a little bit different than saying, you know, like, "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, well, you should do this." Or what does he think? He what does he think? You know, you know, like because people get defensive. So it's it's you know, I need to start doing more of that. Yeah, I understand. It's like constant growth, right? That's that's the goal. <laughs> well, yep, Danny, yep. it's been amazing. I'm appreciative for you spending your time with us and telling us all about all and sharing all your knowledge. You've got so much. So I am oh, I'm you. super thankful that you decided to join us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed the episode with Danny Vega. I know I certainly did. He had a lot of really wonderful things to say. And as always, I am so appreciative of people joining me on the show to share their experiences and knowledge with all of you guys and myself. It's so great to learn from these people. If you liked what you heard today, I do request that you please stop and leave a review. They are so, so helpful for me and helpful in changing the algorithm so other people can find this podcast because you never know when somebody is going to listen to this podcast, you change the algorithm so they could find it and something on this podcast changes their life. So it would be so wonderful if you would stop and do that. And I appreciate it so much. If you have anything you want to say to me or questions, please reach out to me. I am on Instagram at Connie Bigani. Shoot me a DM. Let me know if you're liking the show or if you have any questions. And you can pop on over to my website, www.connienightingale.com. I have a ton of great information on there. And if you use the code podcast, you can get $10 off your next program, which is a great deal. I have so many programs that start at around $10 a week, and I am very proud of the work that I have done on my app to make wonderful programs for people so that they can enjoy my coaching at an affordable rate. So thank you so much for joining me today, and I will see you next Monday.